everybody. This is John with Ubaldi Reports, the one news site that provides fact, not fiction, on issues facing America, whether internationally or domestically. We got a lot to talk about. I'm with my fellow co-host Joe Bitts, a former Marine veteran, retired, who was served in combat in Iraq and unfortunately was wounded in combat, but he's all right now. So you think? Yeah, so we think. <laughs> we also have another veteran, a Marine named Ray Krause who's also a big weapons expert and understands the Second Amendment rights. So, And but, Ray's got a lot to talk about today, too. Oh, yeah. Now, before we get started, I do want to, not a shout-out, but I want to let everybody know that today we learned that Herschel Woody Williams, the last surviving Medal of Honor recipient from World War II, passed away, and he received his became a recipient of the Medal of Honor for his actions on the bloody battle of Iwo Jima, where he was a flamethrower individual. And for a four-hour period, he took out many Japanese pillboxes. And he became a steward of taking care of veterans, helping veterans in their causes to make sure that they were taken care of. He was a great humanitarian, and he's one of those individuals that we lost something when he passed away. He's an historical treasure that... It will never be sad to see him go, and I wish his family well, and I give my prayers to him because that's a piece of history that is lost forever. So to his families, Semper Fi, and Godspeed, and rest in peace. You earned it. So we, of course, there's always a lot going on when it comes to this administration. He just kind of keeps us all busy, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, he there's everything. He's overseas now, but there's still issues going on back here in the United States. There's the crisis on the border, which we found out that I think it's up to 52 migrants were found dead in the back of a tractor trailer that was left abandoned. Then you have the obviously the ongoing saga of the fallout for the abortion ruling, which the Supreme Court ruled unconstitutional at the federal level. But it allowed each state to make its own decision. And basically, it's not punted. It's sent it back where it should always have been decided in the first place. Yeah. At the state level, let the voters have a say if they support abortion, if they're against abortion, or they would limit abortion in only variety of cases. I'm, kind of, I'm a little tired of this whole Roe versus Way kind of there. I think they're taking a lot of a lot of it out of context, and then they're just trying to weaponize it so that they can kind of maybe further themselves. It, people are just missing the issue now, where it's almost like an assault against the Supreme Court versus actually trying to rectify or redo or just even streamline abortion rights when it comes to a whole in America. Well, no, you're absolutely correct. I mean, they misconstrued what the abortion ruling was about. They just took it to the extremes. Now, it's interesting, even Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who was far from a conservative, she even said that the original Roe versus Wade decision back in 1973 was badly flawed. But she's rolling it over in her grave right now, Joe. Oh, yeah. But the thing is with the Supreme Court, all the Supreme Court said is you can't invent a right. And it also protected the those that were unborn. But what they said is it was unconstitutional at the federal level, but they didn't say it was unconstitutional at the state level. And if you read the leaked document of Roe versus Wade that came out a couple months ago, and if you read the document or the opinion that was followed the overturning of Roe versus Wade at the federal level, 
They wanted it returned to the states. Let the states make those decisions when it comes to social issues. And why I mean, what I mean by that is when Roe versus Wade was deemed legal as a constitutional right, it never stipulated, okay, what does that mean? Does that mean a 16-year-old girl who gets pregnant can get an abortion without parental consent? When I was at a youth event, I couldn't even give a 16-year-old girl an aspirin, but she can get a medical procedure. What about late-term abortion? Do people believe in abortion up until the time of birth? Do they believe in abortion in certain cases, as the former governor of Virginia stated, for a child born after who had some serious medical issues? That was never decided. So all these issues kept going up to the court. And what the court said is all these social issues need to be litigated at the local level, at the state level. Let the voters have a say. It almost seems like, and us talking about this earlier, is that a lot of the times the law is not being made is because they're like, oh, it's precedent and it's cool for right now where it could be challenged. So basically the politicians that we're voting for are putting into their elected position and they're just lazy because they could be kind of solidifying, say, Roe versus Wade. They could have been solidifying maybe some of the gun rights when it came to making sure what goes where when it comes to like the second amendment also coming up another one of your calls is that there's a west virginia versus the epa correct and that's going to be that's going to set precedent too but yet the tax the the politicians don't want to maybe step up and put some work in and make it an actual law i don't know it seems like a good time now since you own the house you own the senate and you own the the, the executive yeah So, But the point that you made is lawmakers, those in Congress, don't want to do your job. Now, you did mention the West Virginia versus the EPA. But just for everybody's sake, what that law or policy was the EPA was writing the rules. It began under the Obama administration, put kind of curtailed dramatically back under Donald Trump. But what, did the, what the lawsuit was is West Virginia sued the EPA because the EPA was writing and making law as it regards to the environment. Now, what that means is the executive branch, and this is clearly in the Constitution, the executive branch gives the executive branch to enforce the law. But any rules and laws being made, that's the purview of the legislative branch. So I think it's probably going to be 6-3 because the three liberal jurists never seem to see that point. And what they do is like immigration. Everybody rails against these executive actions, but it's Congress to do its job, not the executive branch to make rules and regulations or in certain cases like California. California was setting the environmental standard for the rest of the country. Well, that's not California's role. That's the Congress's role to set the standard for rules and regulations, not the EPA. They just enforce the laws that Congress implemented. So it looks like to me California has a little bit more to worry about than whatever comes down from this EPA situation. But it also has, the people have a lot to say when it comes to the Biden administration wants to transition everything to green technology, wind and solar. So the EPA has been writing a lot of these rules that, push that transition over. Now Congress is going to have to debate 
some of these issues that they never wanted to discuss because they could always say plausible deniability. That's the executive branch. Well, now they have to do their job, maybe stop campaigning or not speaking out on things that you don't agree with or do agree with and start doing your job. And we can get more information and the public can see how their lawmakers stand on some of these weighty issues, especially when gas is close to $5 a gallon. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm actually hoping that the EPA Act actually kind of chips away at our diesel emissions across the country as well. I mean, that would really lighten our load on finances when you're spending on your truck, especially when you see plausible cases of the diesel exhaust fluid not working in the trucks. And that was all brought on by the EPA. But see, what this would do... If it gets overturned, and we'll find out tomorrow, is that the EPA won't be able to do that. They would just be waiting for Congress to give them the regulations, and then they enforce those types of regulations. As it should be. As it should. That's what the – and this is what lawmakers need to understand. You need to do your job, and maybe how about break open the Constitution and read the Constitution when it comes to – your role as a legislature. And just like Elizabeth Warren, the the Democratic senator from Massachusetts, after the abortion ruling came out, she spoke on, I think, meet the, I think one of the Sunday morning talks, I thought it was meet the, meet the press or, but anyway, she basically said, we need to pack the court. We need to add more judges so they do what we do. Now, there was an article in the editorial section of the Wall Street Journal, and what they said, and I do agree with them, What the editorial article said is that liberals and progressives are not upset at the the overturning of Roe v. Wade, nor they're upset because the Supreme Court ruled against their version of curtailing the Second Amendment as it related to concealed carry in New York. They're just upset is this is one branch they don't control. They control the media. They control tech, the tech companies. They control some of the corporate America. And... This is one thing they can't control because the Supreme Court, even on the the overturning that century-old law of concealed carry, and the argument was, well, we need to protect our citizens. But what the court said is, with the concealed carry, the Second Amendment is not a second-tiered right to the First Amendment. Right. What it said was, you can't give the you have the right to bear arms and then you go to the government to say well I want to exercise my right but then you got to explain why you need that right to care to bear arms it would be like a reporter we have in the first amendment the freedom of the press well the a reporter doesn't go to the government to say well I want to publish this article and the government doesn't respond well why do you need to publish that article why do you need to publish it on that topic give me a good cause we don't do that. You have the right to the freedom of the press to print what you want, as well as somebody who has the right to bear arms shall not be infringed. That's the same verbiage as in the Fourth Amendment. Right. You have the right to be secure in your pa- your papers, your documents, even though some of the documents we have the right to be secure in weren't around 50 years ago or 100 years ago. But that doesn't make it... <clears throat> any less viable we have computers now some say well there wasn't assault weapons or semi-automatic rifles during the time of the constitution nor were there computers and smartphones 
but we don't allow law enforcement to access our computers and phones without a court order or without a search warrant. And they have to give good cause why they need that, why they need to get into that phone. So I just wish people get a grip and really step back, get the emotion out and realize this is what democracy is about. Well, I mean, going kind of back, you were talking about the gun law. It's just looking at maybe over the past couple of years, has Congress been like working maybe harder than they have been working in a while with everything that's coming through? Or are they just kind of, it seems like this administration is just kind of maybe passing the buck as our one president says he doesn't do that, but it seems like, hey, EPA, you take care of it. Hey, Treasury Department, you're going to do this. Hey, our IRS, you're going to make this kind of law. I mean, we even saw it uh, past few years when the, the CDC were the ones that were telling us what we could and couldn't do when it came to moratoriums, when it came to rent and paying for housing and stuff like that. To me, the Congress is lazy. They punted everything to the executive branch because they don't want to make the hard choice. And that's that is that's an, they just don't want to make the hard choice. And I would like lawmakers to do their job and start debating these issues and coming up with the law. And the, the argument is, well, the other side won't agree with it. Well, that's what a democracy is. You don't get everything you want. You're going to have to compromise on a lot of these issues. So. When it comes to the EPA, but even like abortion, okay, it didn't go their way. There's a lot of rulings that the Supreme Court stated didn't go my way. But I don't believe we should pack the court. I don't believe we should threaten the court. I don't believe we should threaten or protest outside judges' homes just because it doesn't go our way. Democracy, sometimes it goes your way, sometimes it doesn't. So Ray has a good question about the Supreme Court justices. So Seven Grew Seven said, we're okay with the justices lying under oath, right? And that is in question. The, that question was brought up by some constitutional scholars. The justices didn't lie under oath. I know when it came to abortion, they said they looked at it as settled precedent, but each court case is different. And that ruling started with the Ginsburg rule. When she was brought up for confirmation during the Clinton years, she said that I cannot comment on any potential case that's coming up to up before us. I can only speak in the abstract form. And there's been precedent where previous court cases have been overruled. So they didn't lie. It's just they're not going to say how they're going to rule on a potential court case. And each case is different. Right. So, I mean, that may not be the best answer for the person who, t- who texted that in, but that's the case. Because that could be the same with the liberal justices when they were asking them court cases. They could say, well, you lied. You didn't answer the f- answer the question fully. So it, c- it couldn't go both ways. So we did have like this big, it was tragedy, a tragic with that happened in San Antonio with the bunch of migrants found Correct. dead in the back of a semi And a big question, I mean, I've been kind of thinking about is how could, if President Biden say there's an open border policy for him, but if there was a border, if there was a wall, how would that maybe have been prevented what happened to them? Well, as much as as it, he gets maligned over this, what President Trump put in, he kind of, he had a, he started with fits and starts with his own immigration issue, but he put in policy to remain in Mexico. 
he had sent the word out meant that when you got here illegally, you weren't going to be able to stay. And the message that went out through Latin America is that you can come and you're going to stay. And if you look at the states like California and some of these other states, they're sanctuary cities. California gives you free medical, free, I mean, free health care, free whatever benefits you get. And remember, President Biden, when he was candidate Biden, the first debate in June of 2019, the moderator asked him a question during the Democratic debate, and they asked all of them, would any of you give, if there was your health care plan in the White House, would you include illegal immigrants? Everybody's hand went up. So they did everything they said that they were going to encourage. They were going to dismantle everything President Trump did, and that sent the word out. And I talked to somebody who came here as part of the DACA program, which is Deferred Action Child Arrival Program, he was illegal. And he tells me all the time, these people want to get out of their country, so they want to come here. But word spread that you can come and you can stay. And if you have a child, your child can stay, so that means you can stay. So they send the word back, and they're willing to go through their hazardous journey to get here. And what I said, it's kind of ironic that a few weeks ago, we had a summit to the Americas in Los Angeles. And as much as we said when Kamala Harris, the vice president, was put in charge of the border, and she said, well, we're going to take care of it at the origins, where these people are coming from. Well, at the summit of the Americas, which included all Latin American countries minus Cuba and Venezuela, well, Mexico, Honduras, El Salvador, Guatemala, and Nicaragua boycotted the summit to the Americas. And I think it was either the Guatemalan or the Honduran president about two months ago said he hasn't even heard from the vice president since her visit in June. So if they're trying to stop the illegal immigration coming in, their policies are disastrous. It seems like a big dog and pony show with them. It's just like they're going to be like, oh, we're going to do this. And then they'll just kind of pose a couple times in front of the photographs. Or for photographs, they'll kind of virtue signal by putting their mask off, taking their mask on, and all that kind of stuff like that. And then it's on their way, and it's almost like you're forgotten. It's got to be, people have got to be seeing that, right? Well, I'm hoping, but see, a lot of the ma- the other news networks aren't covering it as well as some. And it's, it's just kind of ironic. They don't go down to the border because if President Biden did, the media would follow. Yeah. And... As much as they say, like Alejandro Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Director, he mentions, oh, we got the secure border. Even the press secretary, after this migrant, huge migrant death, said, we got a, the border is closed. And I'm like, what universe are you living in? <laughs> but see, the, but the point is, they're not doing anything. They blame the previous administration. But last year alone, we had almost, we had about a million eight hundred thousand illegals apprehended at the border. That's not including the gotaways that the Border Patrol agents couldn't get. So yeah. and we're on pace this year to have about two over 2 million. And if they end Title 42, which is that stopping anybody from um, who had COVID or any kind of health-related reasons, that would put us up over 3, mil, 3 million people streaming across that border. So... I want to kind of go back. Ray kind of brought something up like last week that I wanted to run by you. See, what you think is that he kind of had like this theory of why Roe versus Way 
kind of went to the wayside and what was maybe their attempt at it. Do you remember what you were talking about? How we would shift the states? Oh, I mean, I was thinking more or less like there was a, there's always a bigger picture whether it happened on purpose or whether it happened by accident. But, you know, you're looking at a demographic of 2020's election was a lot of new blue states. When you have Roe v. Wade overturn, a lot of the blue states that are out there are going to keep those very liberal medical choices of abortions and stuff. So is this, maybe it wasn't done on purpose, but is this a way where people are now going to move back to those states where they could get that permanent freedom and therefore kind of change our landscape for future elections? We'll have to see on that, but I think it was... It wasn't done on purpose. It wasn't wasn't a coincidence. I just think it was the perfect case to get up in front of the Supreme Court to bring where the rights of these issues should have been debated. But here's the thing. Most Americans, and I don't know where you guys stand on the abortion issue, but most Americans support abortion. Right. Okay. But then you ask the next question of, do you support, like I said earlier, do you support the a 16-year-old girl getting an abortion without parental consent when I could even give a child an aspirin? Do you support late-term abortion all the way up until the time of birth? If you read the Senate bill that failed, that was in there. You can get an abortion at any time, any place, no matter what, during the pregnancy. Do you believe in abortion like the governor, former governor of Virginia I think Northam, I think is his name, said you can abort the child after the child is born. If there's severe health issues, you make the child comfortable. Now, if you look at once the abortion ruling came down by the Supreme Court, other countries like President Marcon of France criticized America's abortion stance. But when you look back at France, France has a more restrictive abortion policy than the United States. And very few countries... Because the Mississippi law was the one that got to the Supreme Court. It was you can't get an abortion after 15 weeks. Well, no other country except for six has abortion beyond the 15 weeks. Only two countries out of six that I know of, and that would put us in line with North Korea and China, have abortion on demand all the way up till the time of birth and even after the 15th week. So I think Americans are going to have that debate, and I think it's going to settle down to blue states will do their thing, but not every state is blue. There's a lot of moderate states, and I think not everybody is right-left. I think people are going to look at it, well, I would have favored abortion, like Bill Clinton said when he was running for president, or even during his president, he wanted abortion to be legal, but he wanted it to be rare and not... I get pregnant, I can get an abortion. He wanted it rare but legal. So going back, I think this came out today, is that the state of California, the attorney general, <laughs> kind of let something slip. Accidentally. And, yeah, and but Ray kind of gave a good idea why having a, like a gun registry or oh. some kind of, what happened? So what happened was California, the state of California, the attorney general accidentally something in that office 
They leaked out all gun owners, their concealed carry, their place of address, date of birth, gender, full names, all on a public website. Now, I just read about two hours ago, the attorney general just took that site down. Yeah. So that's no longer active. Correct. But it was up for more than three or four hours. And I mean, they it's the reason why we don't have a registry. It's the reason why we don't have licenses for firearms is because when we talk about gun control, yes, we still fight for the firearms. But at the same time, when we pass this stuff, we give the state and the government more power. So they have the ability to, if we don't agree, we're going to just send this out. And, I mean, I don't believe in accidents. But, see, that's the reason, in theory, I support red flag laws. Somebody who's a threat to themselves or others, okay. The reason I don't support it, and I would have voted against the Senate bill, because they say, I want due process to be in there, but I don't want it to be... Where you got to go get an attorney, you're in it. You're guilty till you prove yourself in it, innocent, and you're challenging the government who has endless amounts of resources. You right. would go virtually broke. Yep. I mean, how many people can spend five to ten thousand dollars? Fight. You really can't. You can't. But I mean, I, I, more or less, where I'm going with it is, it's scary that they have that resource. Whether it was accidental or not is what you believe, but it's out there. But see, the thing is. And I don't have any proof on this, and I'll say this again. I do not have any proof of this. Nothing is accidental like that. No. Certain people have access to that information. And when you work in government, if you have access to individual records, mm-hmm. there's a certain liability that you have at each agency. So somebody needs to be held accountable. Absolutely. You just don't release that. Because what you're doing, you're putting that particular individual or that family in jeopardy because if somebody doesn't like that person they could say well he's a threat without any basis and the reason i use this it may not be the greatest example but it's an example that i would use in this case i had some friends who are prominent business owners in california they adopted three girls who were drug babies they were like middle school and elementary school i think one was in high school at the time they had major problems well, we would have church as our spiritual thing on Sunday. Tuesday would be like our youth activity. Well, the girls were saying, well, they make us sleep on the floor. They make us do this. They were basically lying, but I didn't have any basis beyond what they told me. But this older woman, what she did, she called Child Protective Services and acted anonymously. Child Protective Services went over there, investigated, found nothing. Right. But the point is, now their name is on a record. Yo, your wife is a private investigator. She doesn't like to advertise that, but okay, yeah, go but, ahead. Okay, but she does that. <laughs> but what she told me that she would go in and she would, if she had to do re- investigate somebody, yeah, she would go beyond, not that they weren't just arrested, were they looked at, were they, did somebody go over there? Right. And that would factor in. So you could damage somebody's career. And to me... One of the things in the Fifth Amendment, I think it's the Fifth Amendment, you have the right to to question your accuser. Not, I don't get to question the uh, somebody anonymously, and without the child protector asking, "Hey, your only evidence is these girls said something." Well, in that situation, you want to protect the kids, 
but you also got to protect the individual who's being accused because you could if it's a, an erroneous charge you've just ruined their life yes and that goes back to the second amendment if someone doesn't like somebody who owns a firearm they're like joe you've got firearms mm. i've got firearms. what if a neighbor said i don't like joe's politics he's a threat he's got firearms i'm gonna call it in anonymously so the police come over grab your firearms and now you got to prove that you're not a threat. So you got to get an attorney and go through the legal process. No, you've got to have some type of evidence. And usually what's worse is going down the same road you're on is, what if the individual is out of the house for a reason and now they're looking to kill you? They call, take away your firearms. They know your firearms are out of the house. Next step is just to kill you. It's just I believe in due process because without due process, we're not – our system is not based off you're guilty till you prove yourself innocent. You're innocent. You have to prove that I did it. So if you're going to put a red flag law, and this is where I would question why I would vote against it, I want strict due process. I want if someone's making an accusation, they have to have more than just, I believe he's a threat. Based off what? Do you have evidence? Do you have material evidence? Do you have a history do you have something to base it off of that law enforcement not just oh we got an anonymous tip we can go i don't agree with that so i kind of want to maybe before we close i just want to maybe come up with a question for you especially from a journalist point of view because this is kind of see who's the biggest offender of it is that what is worse the person that lies or the people that perpetuate the lie oh <laughs> You're talking for a journalist if they... Well, in general, so the whole January 6th thing is underway. I, I think it might even be closing. But they had, like, a an aide of Donald Trump's that testified that he was irate. Well, testified in a hearsay manner, which still is not admissible in court. But I think what you were talking about, the was... I can't think of her name. She was a female aide to... Um, Mick Mulvaney, who Donald Trump's chief of staff. But I mean, just I want to fast forward that is that we've all heard that Trump was irate. He somehow magically put his hand through the wall in order to take control of the vehicle. That's how irate he was, which was impossible to happen. But yet you have like the Wall Street Journal. You have like CNN. They were just like they were writing this information like it was actually true without doing the research. I don't get it. Why would you the thing is do that, that? Okay, you got the two parts to that. You said the lie, the yeah. person who said that, and I'm not saying that she's heard it secondhand because that was the questioning. She heard it secondhand. Yeah. I would say the worst part of it was the perpetrators who pushed it out as it was fact. Okay. And the reason I say that is because I wrote a story about the media a long time ago, and I talked to a friend who tracks media trends. And I asked him before I wrote the story, is there something like a Hippocratic oath that would says do no harm as in the medical profession yeah. for journalists? And he says, yes. There's something called the Society for Professional Journalists Ethics Code. The it's all bullet points. The very first thing it says is stand by the accuracy of your work. And there's a little more to it, but I mean, it's basically a sentence or two. It's the accuracy of your work. If you look at that, journalists today have violated every tenet of the ethics in journalism. 
They don't stand by the accuracy. They jump on every, like this. If she would have said that in the testimony, she said, I, someone would have cross-examined you. Okay, did you, were you there? No, I heard about it. So you're taking secondhand information. Any defense attorney would have threw that out because you weren't there. Then you had Secret Service agents who said, we will go up there and testify that said that never happened. Yep. Hey, Ray, I hear Master Guns over here. He can bench press about 1,000 pounds. Sure. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> but, but Put the, a little beef on his arms first. But see, that's the point. Thank you, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's the point of where we're at today. Even though we, I lean center right, Yeah. if I can't find out something, if I'm writing a story on a, let's say, a Democrat. I remember I did a story on President Obama. The Republicans jumped on a statement he made, so I went back to look at the whole crux of his statement. That's not what he meant. But the media today, they jump on every salacious thing. Now, there's also a segment when it talks about using sources. You can use anonymous sources, but you have to vet the source. Do they have an ax to grind? What's their motive? What, And all this stuff that goes into it. And you can't just base it off one thing. Like, as an example... A friend of mine works at the FBI, and remember the story that they said that they wiped clean Hillary Clinton's cell phones. He told me the reason they, that's not accurate, and the reason he said that, he heard that from a gentleman at a lunch thing. He just started, who was a former retired FBI officer, said, now I'll tell you the real story. I couldn't use that information because I didn't hear it myself. I only heard it through one person. Right. That's not a source. One person is not a source. You can use that if you take what he said and then you build the evidence to support that conclusion. But what the media does, they run with every salacious issue because it damages Donald Trump. You may dislike the guy, but his rights don't end because you don't like him. Right. If you can't prove it, yeah, you hold on to the story. Remember the, how they treated Kavanaugh? Every st- news outlet ran with it, that he's a sexual, pr- no evidence to back it up. But as soon as Tara Reid accused Joe Biden of sexual assault, even we said this on this program, he's innocent until proven guilty. The Washington Post refused to run it. And then they asked him, well, why didn't you run it? Well, we couldn't verify her story. Her, her, we couldn't authenticate her story. Well, then why did you run with the Kavanaugh one? Why did you run Christy Blasey Ford when she couldn't prove that they even met? You ran with that, but you didn't run with this one. Why did you run with Russian collusion when there was no evidence to back it up? And from the start, they knew it was false. Right. You didn't run with that. No, they had to build on a lie. Or why did you suppress certain coverage of, like the big bombshell was, I think it was James Moody, Clinton's campaign manager, said she pushed it, the Russian collusion narrative. You didn't run on that one. Or a lead agent, a lead counsel of the FBI lied, altered evidence to get a FISA warrant as part of this. So going back to your thing, it's I think it's worse for the those who cover the news, push these stories yeah. without any... Ba- to me, they're not journalists. You're now activists now. 
So if you want to hear from a real journalist, one that is factual-based, how can they get a hold of you, John? You can get a hold of us by going to UbaldiReports at gmail.com. That's UbaldiReports at gmail.com. Or you can check us out on social media. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and definitely TikTok. And let us know what you think. We try to cover these things. What we're trying to do is do this full-time. So then we can bring in experts in this and fields that we're going to discuss, and you can ask questions of the experts. But we want to provide fact, not fiction, on issues facing America, whether internationally or nationally. And this is coming from Marine combat vets and veterans who've actually done something. We just want to give you the information, and you make the decision as we go into election 2022. So, and we have wholeheartedly, John and I have discussed this privately and with Ray's knowledge of the second amendment, but also going to school for guns and having a very vast knowledge of guns. And he's just yeah. really on topic. And the I, gun laws. I think that he is what I would like to consider a constitutional scholar oh. or not constitutional scholar. I'm sorry, a second amendment scholar where he would probably be able to give advice, even maybe refine him a little bit and give him where he can give testimony. And if you want to get a hold of Ray, especially for some Second Amendment questions, because this guy, I think he I think he sleeps under the Second Amendment, literally. <laughs> well, how can he get a hold of you? My email is raymond.aags at gmail.com, and we could talk anything guns. We could talk parts, accessories, or we could just talk about politics. There you go. All right. And we are we are live. We are got a lot going on. If you have any questions or concerns, feel free to email us. I did have this whole I thing I wanted to talk to you about. No, that's fine. But keep following Ubaldi Reports yeah. and keep supporting us because our goal is to do this live every day, five days a week, especially as we lead up to the midterm elections in 2022. So keep, keep following us and keep spreading the word.